case you haven't noticed, good lord, we've got some new theme music. Priscilla, this is like the greatest thing ever. I know, it's so good. And that's Leighton Cordell, who's on my team, and he is just so amazing, so talented. He'll just pick up the ukulele and be like, how about this tune? <laughs> well, number one, I'm, I'm excited that you have a ukulele in the office to go with the auto harp. Well, yeah, and... you can't have a auto harp without a ukulele. Come on. No, no. <laughs> we have standards here, people. <laughs> you do. You do. Fancy Pants Thursday and uh, mandatory ukuleles. That's right. It is Fancy Pants Thursday, and they all are looking good. Lots of ties out there. A lot of bow ties. A lot of people rock the bow ties here. I like But I, I will tell you this. When, uh, when you sent over the file with that new music... And I heard the harpsichord intro, no, not harpsichord, the auto harp uh, intro, and then the music. Honestly, I could keep that on a loop. And yeah, it's happy music, right? It is. It makes me want to like. Uh, for some reason, I get this uh, this Warner Brothers cartoon esque vision of me skipping down a road with butterflies <laughs> and birds flying around and like, you know. Now that I'd like to see. <laughs> yeah, actually, as soon as that came out of my mouth, I went. Well, maybe not. <laughs> well, I just think it fits with our, you know, just our upbeat style and, and a little bit of our impromptu-ness. And we're a little quirky, so that's good. I love it. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, should we actually get okay. started with the podcast then? Oh, what podcast? <laughs> <laughs> the ukulele and fancy pants one, of course. Oh, of course. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Ponderings from the Perch, the modern podcast for the modern entrepreneur, my name is Dan Ledbetter, and with me every week, as always, the lovely, talented, no-holds-barred, wonderful person in the history of the world, Priscilla McKinney. Good morning. Good morning. I thought for a minute we were going to have like a, was it a WWF SmackDown or something? <laughs> I know. That... I kind of felt like I was at a Tony Robbins uh, rally or something. Oh, I like that. I like that. Okay. I don't really know what happens in those things, but I think... I, I don't... Just... Uh, who does? I, I don't have the money to go to those, so... <laughs> So I'll just have to watch the next Netflix documentary, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, good times. Good well, how time. are you, Priscilla? Well, that's a hard question for me. At Little Bird, we're in such transition. We've focused so hard this last year on process, really refining our process, really matching our deliverables to our process. And maybe in some ways, I'm just a little tired. So, mm, okay. you know, that doesn't happen to me a whole lot. I am inspired still. I think it's just maybe I'm... I'm right at the tail end of kind of completing a project and kind of needing to power down a little bit so that I can rev back up. It's been really good. And just a funny thing, last night I was talking with Brad, my, my webmaster, and he is so amazing, but he could tell there was something on my face. He's like, and what is wrong? <laughs> I was just like, I just kind of looked at him like I, you know, just this knowing look. And he's like, okay, well, just try and explain it, you know? <laughs> Wow. This is what is so awesome about working with people who know you and really can pull the best out of you, you know? And he was like, okay, can I guess? Is it about, like, I'm like practically doing charades with him. And I'm like, it's actually our website. It's the front page. Something's not right. I'm trying to express it. It's not, you know? And so he just starts asking really good questions, really good questions. And at the end, he just looks at me and he kind of chuckles. And I'm like, what? He's like, okay, that's 10 minutes of work. <laughs> he goes i'll handle it oh that it, is funny it was this monumental thing in my mind and it was so 
like I couldn't even get there. But he was able to see through it, cut to the chase, help me understand what I needed to understand to tell him, ask me terrific questions. And then he did the work. And this morning he texts me, he's like, hey, I'm, I'm taking care of this, blah, blah, blah. And P.S. Look at your website. <laughs> And I go out there and I'm just like, literally, I looked at it this morning and just the relief just flooded over me. And I'm like, why did I wait so long to voice this issue? But it is about, I have so many great skills, but it's about having other people who are more skilled around you or skilled in very different aspects. And it got me thinking about why I value experts Mm. why I value such an amazing, you know, management team here and on the outside, even my vendors, why I employ so many great consultants. Mm. And at the end of the day, it made me think, you know what, but I'm a consultant. You know, I, at first I was thinking, of course I value that, but it's such an interesting connect. So I, I thought we could talk about consulting because actually a lot of my listeners are that solopreneur. And so they are really consultants, right? Right. And thinking through that whole consultant position, it, it, there's just so much we could talk about there. I think it'd be super interesting. I think that's a great topic. I mean, you know, it, right when you said consultant, my mind flashed back to that film Office Space back in the day. You remember that one? And like the two consultants that come in that are both named Bob. The Bobs, right. I had seen that movie before I'd ever had any experience with consultants. And it's like, mm -hmm. you know, you, you kind of laugh at them because they come in and basically they make you describe your job and basically re-interview you for the job you're already doing. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> I had never experienced that. And then when I was working for the publishing company, it was like, we had a consultant come in and I had to do the same thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's the Bobs like come to life. It was horrible. Oh yeah. Yeah. Remember the, um, the Bobs say to him, well, uh, seems like you're missing a lot of work. And he says, uh, I wouldn't really say I'm missing it. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> that is so true. That is yeah, so true. That is like our pop culture reference for consultants. And, you know, think about it. You know, we obviously watched that movie much younger. And sure. the crowd in that is basically 20-somethings out of college, but in very dead-end careers, right? That's that whole story. Right. Which, by the way, don't watch that movie with your mom, no matter what you think you should do. Oh, yeah, no. That's... I made that mistake. Yeah, don't, so... don't do that, kids. If you no. have one takeaway from this, don't, <laughs> don't watch Office Space don't with your mom. Do this. Don't attempt this at home. Now, you uh... know what's funny? Actually, for a little over a month, I had a consulting gig. I was burned out on the publishing thing way back. And this was probably about nine, 93, I think it was. Okay. And this company out of Arizona, MTX, or MyTech Corporation, really great company. I mean, I'm still friends with the owner to this day. And it's a huge company. They do, the, the reason I found out about them was they do uh, car stereo components, like amplifiers, speakers, and such. But they have such a broader base. I mean, they do government work, like build parts for top secret things that I probably shouldn't even know about. <laughs> and they had called me up because I was the editor of a car stereo magazine. And he said, look, we feel like we're kind of in a flat spot with our company and I want you to come out because you've, you've never been out here. You know what our product is and you know how we sit in the marketplace, but I want you to go through our business and just give me a raw personal evaluation of what you see, what we do and where we are in the market and how, 
how can we adjust that? And it was like, I go, well, sure, I, I can do some consulting for you. And I'd never done consulting in my life. I felt like a dog playing a, a twister. I don't know what I'm doing. Uh -oh. so, <laughs> so I go out there and I just walk through the business and I'm taking a bunch of notes. And then I sat down and made a report and he goes, great, this has been super helpful. Thank you. And gave me a check. And I was like, wow, I, I just did my first consulting gig and didn't even know I was. Right. Well, see, that's like an interesting take on it because that's, you know, that's sort of like a he wanted a real person view on it. But the other side of it is like when you really have developed and now where you're at, you really do have a really set uh, tools, I guess, that you're ready. Right. Right. Now right. you really have something that is expert knowledge that you could give insights to a company, you know, that are not the every man kind of thing. So you got paid to do consulting for a particular thing, which was awesome because you really did want your opinion from uh, he really was paying for an outsider view, right? Right, exactly. But exactly. now you're paid to do a lot of other types of consulting. I obviously am paid to do consulting every stinking day. Right. And it is so interesting to think about what is really your expertise that you do so much better than someone else that you are worth you know, mm. to tap into that expertise, right? right? That's really, you know, what consulting is all about. And it's so funny because that we, we joke around about office space that, you know, pop culture view of it. It was these older guys, the Bobs who came right. in, right? But why are they older? Obviously they were super lame and they were doing nothing really. Yes. <laughs> I think that's the point of the, <laughs> the movie, right? But, oh, remember his friend was named Michael Bolton, his friend, the other programmer, Oh, yes, yes, yes. His yes. name was Michael Bolton. And oh yes. my gosh, now we're going to totally die. I know. Now, this, welcome movie. to the Office Space podcast. <laughs> right, right. But anyway, they're older, and that's kind of the view of it. But like, for example, when I, when I set up shop, I didn't start with, hey, I'm a consultant. I did deliverables for marketing. We managed your social media. We created this ad. We Right, like tangible products. Tangible yes. products. Yeah, exactly. Tangibles. And we call them deliverables now. And it, we got to the point, like I think about over the last six years, where we're getting more and more clear with clients about the deliverables. And I, I felt like clients were asking for more clarity about it. And I certainly wanted to make it easier and easier for clients to work with us and understand the what I think is the magic that we do. But right. how to translate magic into, well, you get this. But I've had to. I've had to stop and make deliverables. So if you look at my website and go to any of the packages, it'll tell you exactly what you're going to get down to how many tweets and how many Facebook posts. But embedded in that is the magic and the consulting and the expertise. And it was really interesting because I have really gotten good at the deliverables message. And I had a guy come in literally yesterday and we had talked with him for about an hour, done our, you know, our original marketing assessment, which sure. I'm happy to do for free. We had a conversation about an hour. He's like, I'm very interested. Can you put a package together for me? So I sent him the quote and he came back and he asked my project manager for another 15 minutes with me. I'm like, sure. I mean, that's, that's not a big deal. You want some clarity? I'm, I'm all about clarity. And I thought it was very fair. And he came in and he said, he goes, I really like that you've laid out everything that I get. He didn't use the word deliverables, which is fine. <laughs> Stupid right. jargon. Anyway, but he was like, I like all that you laid out. He goes, but I want more of our hour, the way you talked and the insight you have. 
and the questions you asked me. He goes, I got more from that hour than I think I've ever gotten from this entire time I've been thinking about starting this business. Really? And I was like, oh my gosh, it was such a great reminder to me that sometimes I become unaware of what I know and really my, what I consider my native genius. I see the big picture. I'm just a little bit quirky. I connect dots. We've talked about, you know, my native genius a little bit on other podcasts about, you know, that I'm the dream whisperer. You have an idea. I caught, I also think it has to do with rapid prototyping. I can take an idea, have someone tell me, here's my idea. How would this work? And I can pretty quickly prototype it and see, is this going to be a financially sustainable business? Right. right. <laughs> you know, how is that going to work? How's going to who's going to do this? When's that going to get delivered? What you know, and I can ask these interesting questions and get people along the path quicker of making a decision. Should I throw this idea out and move along? Oh, what, what's going on? So I've said all the time that two things that bother me about solopreneurs or people, entrepreneurs, people starting a business and even people who are saying, Hey, I really need to take my business to the next level is that the first thing is they're not asking the right questions. And even if they are asking the right questions, they're asking them to the wrong people. So for example, in the case of an entrepreneur, they might be asking, what do you think of this? idea. Hey, do you think this idea is good? Here's my idea. Do you like it? They're asking, do you like my idea? They're not asking, would you buy this? Would you actually put your money down? And then they're also asking the wrong people. They're asking their friends or their colleagues or their mom. (laughs) Right. People whose primary relationship, primary role is to support them. Well, they're not going to knock an idea down. They're like, oh, Bob, I'm so glad. Yeah, of course. I think you should do it. Yeah, but would you invest your money? So I I always feel like, you know, people who are entrepreneurs should go ask people, even if it's their mom or their brother or whoever it is, I'd rather them ask, yeah, but would you invest, you know, $100,000? Because now all of a sudden there's some stakes in the game and they may ask a few more questions. Right, right. It's not just a a ham-handed gesture. Now it's like, oh, crap, if I have to put a hundred grand down, what I, I need to know some hardcore numbers. Right, exactly. Wow. So I, I, I think just even as a joke, even if you don't need a hundred thousand or five hundred thousand from your parents, you should probably run your business idea by them and ask them, yeah, but would you invest? <laughs> you know. Right, and, and I, I think I, that's a, I think that's such a brilliant question too, because uh, in my experience, I've seen people where they go and they they talk to people and they ask for their opinion without asking the would you invest in it question and i think that that is really like you said i think that totally separates the casual bystander from somebody who's really in the game yeah again it kind of comes down to then do they have any other expertise to follow it up right years ago i had an interesting client come in we ended up doing all the work for him launching the company beautiful website we did some inbound marketing for them but i remember this one moment in the middle of our one of our consulting sessions he just looked at me and and he's like priscilla do but do you think it's a good idea? Would you do this business? Oh, wow. And I was so taken aback because nobody ever asks me that. But I think that is something they should ask me. <laughs> right, know? right. And I was, I literally, it, it kind of jarred me. And I, I was like, whoa, okay, let me, let me just think about what you just said. I'm like, okay, that's an interesting question. Would I do this business? Well, if I were to do this business, this is what I would change about the model. And it led into, obviously, another discussion, which we get there, but I had not made it so personal as he made it for me. Right. But at the end of the day, when you are being asked to consult about something, 
you are being asked to consult because people truly believe in your expertise and that kind of hidden knowledge right. that you have. It's more powerful than intuition, but it's the sum total of your experience and your insight all rolled into one. Mm-hmm. So I'm a huge believer in consultants because people have already tackled some of the issues that I have, and I want to get through them a little quicker. I know that the only way out is to go through. And I'm not trying to hire a consultant to do the work for me in whole. I don't believe in that for business. I believe in the soul of my business, that there's something here that is unique for me to offer. And I don't pay people to come in and just do it for me. Hey, just write my website. Hey, just think about my products. I don't do that. What people think we do everything, but they realize pretty quickly, no, we don't. We collaborate with you to get it done, to get it done right, and to get it done quicker than you would be able to get it done on your own. And with the ability to produce produce more results. And obviously, to me, that translates into profit. But we're not that magic pill. And we're not that complete 100% outsource uh, company. Just as a case in point, we have even for our introductory level products, we have a 12 week onboarding process. People have to commit for one hour a week to us for three months. So we can really dive deep in things like what we love to talk about, personas, all these kinds of things that are so important before you can even get a really sharp picture of what's going on and how you're going to drive profit. So all that to say that I value real expertise in consultants. So Mm. let me tell you about a couple of consultants I've hired. Yeah, please. I and, And then I could tell you the consultants I would like to hire that I can't find. (laughs) (laughs) we'll put it out there maybe uh maybe that person could be listening to this podcast as we speak i have a sales consultant so i i credit a lot to him brett baker has been a real constant for me in the beginning of my business and now it's pretty sporadic but you know one of my other companies is a sales organization it's a credit card processing company right. and so sales is a huge piece of that puzzle but then when i purchased the marketing company sales became a lot more refined it was really understanding how to become a trusted advisor for someone as opposed to just someone who sold them something. And I think that's where consulting gets really interesting. When you really need to think through recurring revenue as opposed to just one and done sales, I realize that I am not a person who has ever been or will ever be interested in trading my time for dollars, as in like Mm. a direct exchange I'll give you this many hours, you give me this many dollars. Right, right. So consulting does not help if that's all you're interested in doing. Are you following me or should I give an example of that? No, give an example too. I mean, I'm following you, but I I just think this is so interesting. But I would love to hear an example of maybe something that you've actually gone through. Okay, well, let's take one pet peeve of mine. Let's say we have a massage therapist comes to us and wants more business. 
okay, well, we are an advertising agency, so I know how to create a great ad. I know how to build a great website. We could talk about maybe even some strategic partnerships in town about who could refer. We might have great conversations about who are the golden geese. Okay, for example, maybe a personal injury lawyer might be a good golden goose for you if you're a massage therapist. Because oh, wow. The, I didn't even look, think about that. That's okay, well, this is, this is connecting the dots. Like, that's a little bit deeper into marketing strategy, not just can you build me an ad, right? So there's some expertise right. already that we're consulting with them, right? So thinking about some interesting, innovative partnerships that maybe someone else isn't doing. That golden goose situation for me is very powerful. And I literally, I, I made it up. I don't know where I got it from, but it has been very powerful tool for me to use with, with many clients. So for example, person in, personal injury lawyer might be very good because they're always talking to injured people, right? Okay. So then we think who else is talking to injured people? a physical therapist. Okay. Then you can get into some obvious ones, but what about a school coach or what if just get it, make it more and more interesting. Who has many, many of the people that you need, right? As opposed to you going out and get one at a time. Right. That's exhausting. That takes too much money, right? So, for example, we're working out a partnership with one of our eye care and vision specialists with someone who operates a batting cage. What is batting cage practice but eye-hand coordination, right? Well, if you're not seeing well, how on earth can you hit that ball with precision? So connecting that owner to a vision therapist, Right. So that, that's know. thinking outside the box. And, you know, obviously that's some of the magic that we do. But I'm going to go back to my point about the massage therapist who comes to us. Yes. So if they want to come to us and they want more business, well, I'm like, what do you do? Well, I rub people's bodies. OK, it's pretty simple. Well, it, you're a one person show. How many hours are there in the day? Literally. And not only that, but that's a pretty physical job. How many can you do? I probably couldn't even book you the whole day. Right. So right. then you think, okay, well, maybe they want to expand. They want to hire three other people. And let's just say we times the potential slots to be open by four because it's that person plus three. So now they can be like, oh, yeah, now we need a marketing company because we need more. But we're still in dollars for hours. What is the expertise that you as a massage therapist, let's say, who's been in the business for 15 years or 20 years has that's a value that is not a direct exchange for dollars to hours? Do you know a little something about self-care? Do you know a little something about skin conditions? Do you know a little bit something about nutrition? Do you know, I mean, I don't know. We just have to find out what is it. Do you want to sell additional products? Okay, so I'm interested in talking with people who want to get out of the dollars for hours. And that's, I believe, when consulting comes into play. How do you change the mindset from a job or building a business into empire building? Mm, and gotcha. when you want to build an empire, you have to have brand, you have to live a certain way. You may even get the opportunity to showcase a personal brand. I mean, think about how many people have a personal brand around health and wellness, right? Right, right. You look at Shalene Johnson. I mean, she could either have just taught aerobics for the rest of her life, one-on-one -on -one classes, maybe even get more money by doing private training. No, she's built this entire freaking empire around her coaching, around how to even start a business if you're a, a phys, you know, a, a personal coach, right. um, you know, personal trainer and things like that. So that's a different thing about our, do you want help marketing your company or do you want to build an empire? And I'm not trying to say that big is the only thing I want to work with or that I only want to work with people who want to build an empire. I'm not saying that, but I do want to get out of dollars for hours. Right, right. And that's when you need consultants. So 
I think that can be very powerful. And I think about my sales consultant helped me move into that trusted advisor space in order to say, I'm worth more than an hourly wage. I have so much experience. I've done this before. I've made the mistakes. You're paying for all my mistakes because now I'm going to do it right with you. or I'm going to know the questions to ask. And the value of that gets bigger and bigger with all the experience that we have. Well, so, let me ask you this, because I we've talked about this before on the on the podcast about when I got hired at the motorcycle company to be their director of marketing. Mm-hmm. And one of my big selling points was I know absolutely nothing about your business or your industry. And for him, it took him aback when I said that. And, I, and he goes, well, what do you mean? And I go, look, I can look at your business with completely fresh eyes and see areas that you may be overlooking or that somebody who's been so entrenched in this business for X amount of years would not even consider or think that that's too far out of the box. I'm bringing a fresh perspective and something brand new and am willing to take the risk to put a put a Harley ad in a street rod magazine or in a RV magazine or something like that. Mm-hmm. Have you have you ever paid anybody for their lack of experience? No. I haven't, but you say lack of experience, and that's not true because you knew that you didn't know his business, but you did know the industry. Oh, okay, all right, yeah, so maybe I worded I think that. He's paying, I worded that incorrectly. Well, I think he is paying for a certain level of expertise, and it's so interesting because it really resonates with me. I I say to clients who come in all the time. I don't know your business as well as you do. I'm never going to know your business as well as you do. I'll tell you what I know. I know marketing and I know how to ask really strategic questions. And more times than not, the right answer comes out of the client's mouth. It's just they need help getting it out. The answer is already known to you. It's just not in your conscious. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Self. That makes sense. In your subconscious or it's so buried under three other layers of what you think is going on, and you need somebody to strategically take those things away from you. And I would I would argue that you didn't come at it from I know nothing. You came at it from I know this industry, but I am willing to come with uh, with no emotional connection to it, which is what clients come to us all the time because they're so emotionally invested in their business that they cannot see it. They cannot remove themselves. Right. But I, I think that the value that you're bringing is you're saying, hey, I can give you a fresh perspective by not knowing. Please don't tell me anymore. Let's stop right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. But your, I think where your expertise came in was in what you wrote up in the report. I mean, if it was if it was poop, he wouldn't have talked to you again. You know, right. you obviously had insights that came from years of seeing what everybody else is doing. And it's important to know what else everybody else is doing, not necessarily for mimicry, but for understanding where in the market they could find themselves. So I would argue that really did have expertise that you were offering because you understood the market enough to know where this client was fitting at the end. If you hmm. were literally a young kid off the street I don't think your outsider opinion would have been of value. Yeah, I think you're right. Because, I mean, I did have 25 years of of publishing experience (laughs) in a wide variety of magazines. So, yeah, all right. So maybe that was the wrong way of wording it for sure. Well, and 
I think just like me, you're sick and tired of seeing companies do the same thing year after year. And I know right. some things work and that's fine, but gosh, who wants to lead in this industry? That's who I want to talk to. I want to find out who is not interested in doing what everybody else around them is doing. Right. Those are the people I want to talk to. And I think that you intuited that from this other owner, that he was willing to go out on a limb and do something that maybe he could have been mocked for, just choosing someone from the industry without even knowing the company seriously. And he's going to listen to us and he's going to look at what we do. Yeah. Yeah. You know why? Because I want a fresh perspective and I want to move in this industry in a way that is innovative. I value Wrong. that a lot, and I, I think that, that that person was smart. Now, the question for you would have been, would he have kept you on retainer over time? Do you have that kind of expertise to help him put those changes into place? And I would argue that's a completely different type of consultant. Right. Well, I think that was the beauty of what happened in that situation with the bike shop. He needed somebody, a dedicated person, who was going to send out press releases to the media, who was going to follow up with phone calls, because he didn't have the time to do it because he was running the company, but he needed that public relations arm to be stronger. And I think that's where he realized, wow, I've got the inside connections with this guy, and he can go out and do the things, plus I get a fresh perspective, and he can see ways of marketing it or come up with catchy names for things or mm -hmm. whatever. So yeah. it did work out in that sense. But, yeah, I think, think that would be the difference between somebody who knows nothing about your industry but knows the peripheral industry mm -hmm. and right. somebody who just knows nothing. Right. Well, the second consultant that I would discuss that I hired, and I'll just give him a shout. The first one was Brett Baker from Sandler right. from uh, Trust Point Management, who's been on my podcast, who I love. I'm just like absolutely in love with him. And, you know, my husband and I have so much re respect for him and his company. And he's, he's helped us grow this to where it is today. So I uh, always give him an amazing shout out. But the next one I hired was uh, Peter Leviton, who worked for Saatchi and Saatchi. And I mean, this guy has done work for Nike. He's, I mean, the list goes on. It's just, if you think about where the Liz starts with Nike. Come on. Right. <laughs> you know, and uh, he actually now consults and helps agencies figure out who they are, what they do well, how to position themselves in the market. And he has such great insight about how you go about getting great work. And so I hired him to basically go through, you know, my management team at the time and help, you know, ask us very critical questions. Where are we going? What do we want to do? How do we need to staff if we're going to do that? Do we really have what it takes to do this kind of marketing? And he looked at our processes. He looked at our management style. He looked at our quality of business. Of course, he's looking at our pricing models and just so many things like that. That was super helpful, basically getting interviewed by him where I didn't have to think my brain could go offline and he just I just had to show up for the meetings god the relief of that was so amazing and I don't know if you can understand like just the pressure of constant decision making as an entrepreneur or as a president and as a selling president sure. on, yeah. on top of that and at the time, I was the operational manager as well. So, gosh, I don't even know how I did that job, too. But, um, <laughs> you know, the, the lovely, lovely freedom that came from coming to the meeting with him where I could just come in and answer a question 
just from my own true, most raw understanding. And he would have to take it and sift through it and make meaning out of it. And when he sent back his insightful report to us, it was very amazing to me. And it helped us chart the course for where we are today. And I could say just very quickly, I know what my biggest takeaway from that was, was process, Priscilla, process, process, and more process. Quit doing things, you know, new every time. I swear there was a new wheel sitting around every day in our office. Like, look what we invented. (laughs) (laughs) You know, they're outside, right? (laughs) Right. You can buy that anywhere, you know. So there was a lot of pain going on in our firm at that time. We were constantly reinventing the wheel. He really helped us understand okay, I have 40 wheels here. Truly, you can only tackle five this year. So absolutely own these five, understand the process, get good at it, and don't keep doing 40. Do these five. And when you're very good at the five, then we'll add two more. It was amazing. And you you think about, oh, consultants are expensive, but what is the cost of doing it wrong for so long? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. What's what's that uh, that old saying? There's never time to do it right the first time, but there's plenty of time to go back and fix it. No, I've never heard that. <laughs> You've never heard that? Oh my gosh! Yeah, that's. But that's so true. It's like I don't know what it is. Whether it's arrogancy or if it's just the tyranny of the urgent or something. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you you just go just make it happen, make it happen. And it's mm-hmm. like okay, that's not right. So now we spend four hours to fix the first thing that we did instead of using that time to plan. And then attack or what what's the term aim and then shoot as opposed to shoot and then aim. And I I say this from a real compassion for business owners, entrepreneurs that, oh, it wouldn't be nice if I had money to hire a consultant. I know. I remember that. I could barely afford to hire consultants when I did. They were massive investments when I did it. And so I understand when my clients come here and we put a price tag in front of them and they have a little sticker shock. I get it. But the question is, is it worth doing right the first time? And do you think that we have the expertise to get you farther? And I have to ask that every time I talk with a consultant. I do it all the time. My latest coach now who I've been um, with here for a year is Christine Kane from Mm. Up Level Academy, Up Level U. She is amazing. And I met her at a, a conference, which I talk about a lot, Emerging Women. So that's my tribe. Those those people are doing what I'm doing. They are forward thinking. They're innovative. They're working from feminine power. They are empowering others to really to change the world, to be quite honest, to change the workplace, to change our businesses, to change our profit, to change how we use our profit in the end. <laughs> and it, it's so amazing. But she was a business coach that did a break, breakout session And I overheard from someone, hey, you should go to that session. She's just doing like free form, like business coaching. If you you want some business coaching. So I went in there. She was doing the breakout session, I think, two times during the whole weekend. So I went in the second time and I sat on the front row and she, everybody kind of, you know, I made sure I got there early and everybody piled in and she just kind of started like, well, you know, what I was going to do today is this is who I am. This is what I do. And I thought I would take a few. She could not finish the sentence and my hand was up. (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, well, I guess we're starting with you. (laughs) And from there, she It literally in minutes in front of people gave me an insight so rich in that moment for my company. I was floored, went back 
completely changed my company from that moment forward. Wow. And she just saw it in me. And she did. So this isn't, she didn't have an agenda. She, this is what sign of an absolutely fantastic, you know, coach and consultant. She didn't have an agenda with me. She listened to me. She asked amazing questions, insightful. When I gave stupid answers, she challenged them. No, but what, what did you say? Say that. Okay. Now, why, why did you say that? You know, it was so amazing. And in just a few minutes, she didn't know who I was. She was able to give me such fantastic insight. I seriously could have gone back and give handed her $10,000 and been very happy. Wow. So, wow. you know, when I now I engage with her, you know, uh, officially, I do pay her <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, more than that. So <laughs> now I wish I paid her 10000 <laughs> That would so, have been a bargain at that but, point. So interesting. I was even talking with my management team. I come back. I meet with her four times a year. And then, you know, in person and then, you know, a lot of other times and a lot, of, a lot of other homework and everything else. We talk internally here about it kind of at this point, it doesn't even matter what we pay her with. Like in one session, we get enough value to push our company forward that much more. And that is right. truly the value of a consultant, someone who has been there before you, has the same values that you have, but knows the pitfalls and is is able to just ask some searing questions to help you arrange your life and your company and your management around who you are. And that's her take. I know other coaches are going to be very different, but I believe and she believes strongly in the soul of your business and how you operate and the, the, the morals and values that guide you day in and day out to actually serve the people who you can truly best serve. So right. I pay her and that's well worth it. But let me tell you one consulting gig I would like to have. Well, not, oh. not, not, a, not a, well, I can tell you a gig I'd like to have. I, I would like to consult people as connoisseur of fine cognac or something oh, like right. that. Oh, right. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> All these things. But, you know, a consultant, for me, a dream consultant, I would love to have. And eventually I will be this consultant because right now what would help me the most is if I could talk with an agency, you know, someone who's done that, been in my shoes, had an agency that went from a dollars for hours methodology into right. value proposition packages and who transitioned through inbound marketing, content marketing, teach people how valuable content is and basically changing an agency from retainer model to recurring revenue model. Oh, interesting. That is what I am doing. I'm in the throes of it. It's successful. But boy, there are missteps I wish someone could have helped me figure out over the last two years. I'm tired. I'm really, right. really tired. And I can see that if I keep at this for the next two or three years, I know that I will create um, consulting packages for other agencies to be able to help them figure out how to move to a recurring model. Right. Because right. It, it, I, I am learning so much every day and the, the bottom line shows it. You know, there's the results right there. So I would need to put together a really great process and, and come back and say, okay, how did I do that? And not revisionist history, making crap up that I think a lot of business people do, but sure. come back and truly saying this was step one. You absolutely have to do this. I wish we had done this first. We did it fourth. Okay, let's go put it back where it needed to be. It needed to be first now that we know what we know. Right. And so it is the value of consultants who have been there and done that 
And I know that's a tired phrase, but Christine Kane has been there and done that. She's created a successful business. So I would hire people who are at the, you know, a level far above. If I talk with them and I aspire to be them, to move in the world like they do, that's who I'm going to hire because they're going to feed me. They're going to educate me. They're going to empower me to take it up an, another level all around. And that's what I'm right. looking for. And I hope that's what my clients are looking for. We hear it all the time, but that's what that's what we're providing. I'll tell you what, let's help you skip the three years where you make no money. That sounds great. But on the other hand, you have to you know pull out the checkbook and pay for it. Right, right. So, but the cost up front with that would be way less than the three years without making a profit. Right. It's just people are emotionally tied to their current wallet. Right. <laughs> you know, it's it's money concept. I hate to boil a lot of it down to that, but I do think that happens a lot. I deal with people's money concept all day long. Sure. Well, I, I think people get so tied to, for lack of a better phrase, tied to their wallet mm -hmm. that sometimes that is the thing that is driving the decision-making process rather than mm -hmm. untethering yourself from that and going, okay, the, I get this from a money standpoint, but what's going to be my long-term goal? Right. And how do I need to set things up for, for that vision rather mm -hmm. than... You know, the moment like, oh, gosh, if I spend that $15, I'm not going to be able to do this instead right. of having that be the, the quantifier. Yeah. It's like, what what is my vision? What is my goal? And what do I need to do to get there? And then the money conversation afterwards, I think. But on the other hand, for me, it weeds out a lot of people I don't want to work with, because honestly, if they don't believe in their dream enough to pony up, then they don't. The, the issue is not that they won't pony up. The issue is they don't believe in their dream. Right. And then if they don't believe in their dream, I can't help them anyway. So right. it weeds those people out. Um, and I find that process to be very helpful. I think what happens is a lot of freelancers, and I hope this is helpful for you know my listeners, people who are freelancing or doing work. When someone has a hard time, has a money issue, it's like, gosh, you're really expensive. You got to stand in your expertise because the moment you start discounting it and making it work for someone, you make it okay for them to not really believe in their dream. Wow. Interesting. I, I'm not saying overcharge and put a huge price out there and see. I don't want to be have my words taken out of context, but if what you are worth is what you are worth, then stand in it and let the people come to you who really value that because it will weed out the people who were just looking for, well, I, you know, I'd like that, but I, you know, I could only afford maybe about half of that. Okay, then we are not for you. Wow. And it's that's, not such, a, that's such an interesting way of putting it in the with the nonprofit I work with when we do the trainings, we strongly suggest to people to not fully pay for someone to go that they have to be at least a hundred bucks or two hundred bucks invested in it because our research has shown that people that get a full ride or like someone pays for it as a gift aren't that invested during the trainings. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. And I just talked with a client of mine who just is finishing up the three-month onboarding. And yeah. I went to her pointedly and I said, I'll just say her name, Heather, why is it working so well? What did I say? I need, I, first of all, I need a testimonial from you. And secondly, really, you're my friend too. We, we've worked together now and I need you to tell me what happened to make you decide that you had to commit. Why are you working so hard with us? Because this is to me the dream onboarding experience. And she said, well, you scared me half to death. 
<laughs> I was like, well, what wow. do you mean? She's like, you told me people who come in and who pay for, you know, the marketing package for the whole year and they don't commit, they are not serious about the first 12 weeks and they don't uh, show up for those. They don't have results. And she goes, at first I was thinking, oh, 12 weeks, one hour a week. Oh my gosh. You know, can I commit to that? She goes, you so many times took it away from me and said, I, it may not, it may not be right for you. And she goes, I, at the end of the day, I realized that was the accountability I needed. And I wanted someone to be honest with the fact that this does not just happen overnight. This is not a magic pill. We have to get involved. We have to care about our companies enough to put our work in and then let them do it. She goes, and there was end in sight. You guys needed 12 weeks. You were honest about how much time, but I really, it wasn't just deciding about the money. I had to realize that you were asking me to commit my time. And she goes, when I finally just went, yep, I really assessed myself. I am well, I, that's what I need. And she goes, when you were that serious about it, I knew that you would not let it fail. Wow. And I was like, okay, now we're talking about, it. so that was a hard money conversation, a hard time, which time is money. So both of those are really have to, you have to hold your worth in that. And I also can't overstep my value. If the client does not work with me and is not upfront and is not willing to answer the questions and think deeply about the questions I'm asking them, then I can't help them. So I don't want to pretend in any way that I can. And that's what is the value then of consulting, because then they get far more, like this guy pointed out, they get far more than the deliverables. They get they get my native genius about thinking about their company. And we joke right. around about that we're a sleep improvement agency. Now they can go to sleep because they know I'm thinking very hard about their business and how are we going to get more profitable? Right. And they have to really, it has to dawn on them that that's a very self-serving thing. I want them to succeed. Why would I not? They're going to pay me for years and years and years if they're wildly successful. So even if you look at it on a just sheer human selfish level, that is in my best interest to help make them absolutely the most profitable they, they can be. And right. there's other things, too. Some people want more meaning in their work. I'm not saying we only do anything for money. There's some things that are about pride and culture and, you know, and helping the community. And I mean, there's so many other things in there. But money is the big one that people have to tackle money and time. Absolutely. First. And I think a really good consultant helps speed up the time that you're in pain over an issue and gets right down to the core of it. And they speed up your path toward profit. That is truly wow. what a very, very good consultant will do. Well, this has been fascinating. Well, of course, listeners, we want to hear from you. Where have you seen in your business that you've needed somebody to come in and consult? And I love that name consulting because it really does imply it's a sit-down, face-to-face conversation. So I, I would love to hear from our listener, I'm sure Priscilla would as well, you know, what's been your experience? When have you had some great consulting experience? And conversely, when have you had some not-so-great consulting experiences? You know, you can always leave us a comment on our Facebook page, on the Little Bird website, or wherever you downloaded this podcast from. So for Ponderings from the Perch, the modern podcast for modern entrepreneurs, this is Dan Ledbetter along with Priscilla McKinney saying have a great day.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.